Hi, my name is Nat Erbs and welcome to the IB Voices podcast. We're here today with Tom Bronson, an educator from Florida in the US. He is both a workshop leader, a site visitor and an experienced NYP teacher. He is here with us today to talk about interdisciplinary learning. So, Tom, let's jump straight in. Uh, what do you and the teachers that you meet, um, what what do you value about interdisciplinary learning? Um, really, what isn't there to value? It's it's the ultimate purpose of learning, I think. It's, in life, when we're faced with a problem, we never say, okay, let me put on my algebra hat or let me put on my biology hat so so I can solve this problem. We we just roll up our sleeves and we get to work. We we pull from whatever prior knowledge we have and we utilize it as, as one problem-solving skill. Within the IB, uh, we pride ourselves on authenticity and, and what could be more authentic than creating opportunities where multiple disciplines work together to address an issue. I, I honestly don't know of a single teacher who would argue against making things more authentic for our students. Um, plus, the students really seem to enjoy it. They enjoy seeing the connections. Teachers understand that making connections outside the four walls of their classroom is important for students, but they also appreciate the fact that making those connections will increase student buy-in and in turn make teaching the material easier and, and more enjoyable. What they don't have is time. So, you know, a chemistry or biology teacher might be fascinated by what happens to the body chemistry during a, during a marathon, but that doesn't mean that they'll have time to understand all of it. Um, likewise, a physical and health education teacher might be able to explain what's happening to the body during a race, but not be able to explain why it's happening. So by getting together and designing an IDU, they're able to utilize each other's fields of expertise. They know enough about the topic to hold a conversation, but not enough to actually teach it. So that allows them the luxury of deferring to the expert. Essentially, IDUs give teachers permission to not know everything. That scares some teachers at first, but students really appreciate it. Plus, it, it's real life. We, we should be willing to teach students that reaching out beyond our own fields of expertise is important. Conversely, there are teachers who just can't stay in their lane. Um, I put us, because I'm one of those, in the, in the minority only because of the time element. I think if time weren't an element, most teachers would want to know everything about everything. And, you know, we hear about something that connects to our discipline and we me immediately start learning about it. So, you know, for those of us who subscribe to this school of thought, we want to integrate other disciplines, even if we can't find somebody else to play along. And that takes time. And sometimes it takes more time than we can afford, but that's why IDUs are perfect. You know, but that being said, it's nice to have the luxury of saying, that's a really good question for your other teacher. <laughs> wow. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, all of that really resonated with me in my experience as well. And thank you, Tom, for that answer. Um, what elements were you most pleased to see in the new interdisciplinary guide? Um, most pleased about? 
definitely the switch from intersubject teaching and learning to interdisciplinary teaching and learning. Um, I mean, it was always called interdisciplinary, but it was previously only practiced as intersubject. I can even go so far as to say that it was frustrating to me. So I have in the past taught both music and drama and my outside of school life kind of revolves around the arts. So when drama teachers would come to me and say, I would like to create a formal IDU with chorus in order to strengthen our musical theater performers, I hated having to say, you know, sorry, but because you're both categorically arts, you can't make a formal IDU. Uh, <laughs> Inside, I, I think I honestly felt a small part of myself die every time I had to say that, because as a musical theater performer and director, I know very well that singers who can act and actors who can sing are a commodity. Um, teachers were wanting to make formal IDUs to create that level of performer, and I had to say no. So now they have that permission. Um, I've experienced schools where, where students simultaneously took biology and chemistry. The, the teachers saw opportunities to work together, but weren't allowed to, formally at least. Um, I've worked with religious-based schools where, where their religion class was taught under the INS subject group. Categorizing them as such immediately prevented them from joining forces with their history-based INS groups which would have made some incredibly powerful IDUs. Um, the best way to explain this is through a non-example. But language and literature, for example, is inherently a multidisciplinary subject group. Writing is its own skill, and understanding and appreciating literature is its own skill. Now, language and liter literature teachers will naturally and fluidly com combine the disciplines for most, if not all, of their units you know, read The Outsiders, and then complete a first-person narrative of your own life. So if this is the norm for a language and literature class, it would be difficult to develop an IDU, even if there were two different teachers presenting the material. You know, for instance, I've worked with some schools where language and literature were divided up into specialists, where there was a literature specialist and a writing specialist. But if they always got together for all of their units, then it wouldn't provide that uniqueness that that we now require in in IDUs. That's good to hear. Are there um, any other changes? Um, the second thing would be the the addition of support to help teachers run non-concurrent IDUs. Um, this. This really removed a significant barrier for teachers and one that one that impacted me significantly when I was in the classroom. When when I taught year one math, I had a unit that focused on the Pythagorean scale. Um, basically, it applied string ratios to the overtone series, wavelengths, the circle of fifths, etc. Sadly, my year one students took music during the first trimester and they were in no way ready for that level of math that early in the year but it would have been so much stronger as an idu so now the ib has has spelled out the options a little more clearly so that we we can be more comfortable 
running IDUs non-concurrently. Um, so, you know, the music teacher could easily have taught the circle of fifths, overtone series, et cetera, at the beginning of the year. And I could have just picked up where he left off when the students were ready. It's also no longer necessary for disciplines to assess the unit using their own criteria. Personally, I, I don't know why teachers wouldn't want to take advantage of an opportunity to give disciplinary feedback to a student. But again, going back to authenticity, if doing so would create an air of inauthenticity, then I can see why a teacher would prefer to only assess using the ID criteria. Um, and finally, I just really like the new planner. Unit planning is supposed to be about putting in the formal thought ahead of time so you don't have to do much as much thinking on your feet during the teaching process. So the new planner, I think, asks all the right questions, and, and I really appreciate that. It really helps me guide teachers through authentic planning so that they'll be able to experience authentic teaching. And in your role as a workshop leader, um, we talked about the value that uh, teachers see, but what are some common queries that often come up about interdisciplinary, in just in general? <laughs> Um, so I will go with the, the ones that come up most often, because I imagine most people wonder about these, um, definitely concurrency, number of players, disciplinary grounding, uh, student overlap is a really big one, especially in high schools and, and assessing the criteria. So starting with concurrency that teachers wonder about the logistics of non-concurrent IDUs. How do they start? How do they finish? Can there be some overlap? Um, and much to their dismay, my answer is always inquiry-based. Well, how would you like to start if you're, if you're not going to teach it at the same time? Would you like the other teacher to do the full intro? Do you want to take it? Would it be optimal to run it at the same time? So if so, would a partial overlap be better than no overlap? Um, the, the one thing that I do always suggest is a process journal, even if the unit is running 100% concurrently. It's, it's just a good practice and it gives students evidence for the reflection process. So for the rest of the questions, I allow them to figure out their own personal best case scenario in, in their personal circumstances. I've had teachers decide that there would be a launch day and then there would be an assessment day in, in order to bookend the unit um, and then have some scattered interdisciplinary teaching days in between. But otherwise, you know, they kind of just do their own thing. Um, I've had teachers launch the unit with a single teacher and then have the other teacher jump on board whenever they were ready. Um, then they just build the interdisciplinary understanding from that point forward. So as long as students know they're a part of an IDU at some point during the interdisciplinary unit, then, then life is good. So um, when it comes to not sharing students or not sharing all students, high school teachers run into this challenge all the time. And, you know, they'll say, but we don't share all of our students. And in all honesty, it's one of the toughest obstacles to overcome because 
you know, of course, the MYP would like every student to experience an IDU in, in every year of the program. But when different students are taking different classes, that creates challenges. So the first question that I have to ask teachers is, okay, how many teachers teach the subjects that you are including? And would it be possible to get all of them on board? This will usually eliminate a large portion of the challenge. However, sometimes there's situations where like some language and literature students take chemistry and some take biology. Does this mean that there can't be an IDU between language and literature and biology? Not really, not necessarily. It just means that some of the students will not take the full IDU assessment. language and literature disciplinary grounding, and they're going to pick up the interdisciplinary connections through class discussions. They just won't be held responsible for the biology specific components of the IDU, which yes, probably eliminates the summative assessment for those students, but perhaps there's a modified assessment that language and literature can give that just doesn't draw upon the biology as much. Um, so at that point, when those situations arise, the question that you just need to ask, is it better to not do the IDU or is it better to just allow some students to have a different experience with the material? It's a tough call, but it would need to be addressed within your team. So it's, it's definitely a case by case issue. So, um, and finally, the whether or not all three criteria need to be assessed within each unit. Um, this, I always answer with a question as well. Do your students experience more than one IDU per year? So the only expectation from the MYP is that each criterion is assessed once per year. Now, if you're the only IDU that's happening that year, then yes, you need to do all three criterion within your unit. But when IDUs become more of a regular part of your school's pedagogy, then teachers will have the luxury of excluding the criteria. Um, until then, you have to find a way all to assess all three criterion um, with as much authenticity as as humanly possible thank you tom for all of that um so what would be your number one recommendation for teachers that are new to id just have fun these units are are so amazingly powerful for students and and they should be for you as well uh, i know the content can be heavy and not in any way able to be categorized as fun but it doesn't mean that the planning of the unit has to be a heavy, difficult process. Uh, enjoy the opportunity to collaborate and share ideas. Ask questions of each other that only the other person can answer. Um, play the what if game and, and see where it goes. That, for instance, I've always wanted to create a unit that connects vampire lore with epidemiology. Uh, I've, I've always been curious about the sustainability of the species within the context of different authors, you know, Bram Stoker, Stephen King, Anne Rice, et cetera. Um, it's, it's always fascinated me. I've always wanted to do that. So 
So feel free to to dream like that and just be like, this this would be fun. Well, why not? You know, you you never know what you're going to create. So once you've decided on a direction, establish a meaningful entry point and and build the unit out from there. You know, again, just have fun. The the more the planning feels like a chore, the more the unit will as well. So the, this means that you're not going to want to plan the unit in one sitting. Sit down and flesh out a skeleton. Don't worry so much about the nuts and bolts of the unit just yet. You know, why are we doing this? What is the outcome? When should we do this? And after the initial discussion, let the conversation incubate. Walk away from it. Think about it. Play with it in your own mind. And then when you come back together, all the players will have a stronger foundation on what needs to be done and, and by whom. So at that point, you can roll up your sleeves and get to work. Just try not to do it linear, linearly. Inquiry is not a linear process, so planning inquiry shouldn't be either. Explore. Bounce around the unit planner. When it feels like you're just filling in boxes, walk away. Come back to it after some more incubation time. Okay? So I, I do have one word of warning. If you plan it right the first time, you're going to want to live in the interdisciplinary world. You're going to get hooked very, very quickly. Um, so have fun with that, but but be careful because uh, it 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 definitely is um, it, it it definitely gets you hooked. <laughs> so um, so just be authentic. And in case I haven't mentioned it, have fun. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, be sure to check more episodes of IB Voices on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And join us next time for more insights from our students, teachers, and educators.